Cool. Hi everyone, welcome to Unleashed Potential's latest podcast. Um, today we are going to be running an interview with one of our clients who we've helped uh, migrate recently. Um, I say recently, it's been a couple of months now. Um, so beside me we have Greg from Beyond Food. Um, so Greg, tell us about who you are, what, you, what your role is with Beyond Food and who with Beyond Food in general. Uh, yes, my name is Greg Harris. I'm Chief Exec at Beyond Food Foundation. Uh, we're a small charity operating um, across London. Uh, we provide training for those who have been homeless or are at risk of homelessness. That's a pretty um, large pool of people um, when you think about uh, the, uh, the types of people we work with. We go to hostels across London, we work pe with people in sheltered housing. Um, those who uh, are on benefits and long-term uh, benefits claimants. Um, really the scope of the training that we provide um, starts um, very basic uh, employment um, training and helping people um, to decide what type of work they would like to go into and helping them to uh, prepare themselves for the world of work to create their CVs and their interview skills um, and then further down the line uh, we uh, provide apprenticeships um, currently we have a fully accredited NVQ chef training apprenticeship um, with our partner restaurant Brigade in London Bridge um, we've also just started a hospitality course a four-week long course um, aimed to give people a city and girls qualification and a full work experience um, working in a busy bar restaurant um, with barista and customer service skills attached. Um, our unique selling point as a charity is food, the medium of food, the enjoyment of food um, and we really use that to engage people who are actually quite hard and are intimidated by classrooms, exams, um, and uh, work in general is quite a daunting prospect when you have not um, worked in a busy environment. Yeah. So how long have um, you guys been around then? Um, the charity has really been going for just over four years now. Um, we're incredibly fortunate that uh, we partner with uh, Southwark Council PricewaterhouseCoopers um, to, and we've created a restaurant brigade bar and bistro in London Bridge. Um, that is our uh, training base um, and it's where we conduct all of our courses and w where we base ourselves as a charity. And what kind of um, idea or what made you kind of think to start this kind of um, organisation, whether it was you who started it or um, Simon was there also there as well? Yes, yes, so our founder Simon who's uh, still very much with us. Um, Simon uh, followed um, a fairly typical route um, as a chef and experienced uh, early on um, quite, uh, quite some success um, having been an apprentice at uh, the Savoy. Um, he then worked um, for 10 years across the world um, in various different roles. Um, however, in 2004, um, he uh, turned on the news and saw the, uh, the Boxing Day tsunami and felt that uh, he wanted to, uh, to do something and he actually flew out within a week and spent about six weeks helping with the immediate aftermath of that, uh, 
a disaster. Um, that really marked a turning point in Simon's life and for the next uh, five or six years uh, he, he returned to London and he, um, he worked on several businesses um, and catering companies um, and his own restaurant, um, always with a, a social purpose and that's where he first developed the concept of um, what are now our um, training courses, Fresh Life um, and Get Stuck In, where we take people and over a period of time uh, give them work experience and employment skills. Um, and then when he, uh, back in 2008, he uh, applied to uh, Dragon's Den, was instantly uh, successful in his application and um, pitched a uh, bread making business. Um, an early version of a social enterprise on Dragon's Den. He, uh, he was unfortunate not to get funding that day, but actually it turned out to be one of the best things he ever did. And the contacts and the opportunities that arose um, over the years um, have brought us to where we are today. He, was, um, he then joined a PwC Social Entrepreneurs Programme and when in 2011 they opened their new More London offices near to City Hall, um, he was able to uh, work with the council to uh, obtain funding and then he pitched the idea of a social enterprise restaurant and which of course PwC were very happy to support um, which leads us to where we are today with a successful restaurant which has so far trained 84 um, qualified apprentices, so the fully trained chefs, or well, most of whom are still in work. Um, we have worked with over 700 um, people um, over a three to six week course, um, giving them CV skills, employment skills, um, and really equipping them for the world of work. So what happens when, so you bring on a lot of people for apprenticeships, um, how do they stay on with um, you guys or do you kind of like branch them out to kind of different places or do they go their separate ways like what actually happens to them after the, the actual apprenticeship is over yeah well it's uh, so it's actually quite a long process that uh, differs for every person you certainly can't take um, someone who is maybe just recently been sleeping on the streets give them a 40 hour a week job and expect them to get on with it um, our apprenticeship lasts, um, the apprenticeship, the qualification period is 13 months but we tend to work with people for two months before um, we take them on to the apprenticeship so as to make sure that people are ready um, and uh, are really uh, willing to, to give this a go and have also been able to uh, work through various issues um, around their life to make sure that they're set up to complete an apprenticeship. So um, the process that we go through, um, we will go out to hostels um, and uh, homeless institutions around London every six months um, and we will engage people through uh, food. Um, how we do that, we take our, our chefs, Simon and uh, Leon, our chef trainer, and they will do basically a cooking demonstration. Uh, and that will, we'll, we'll tend to have maybe between 20 and up to 50 people in a room. And rather than getting them to fill out forms, talking to them about qualifications, we will literally just do a cooking demonstration and talk about healthy eating. Um, 
we'll then invite everyone to come back to our restaurant brigade the following week um, and uh, the week after that um, we'll do a three-day team building course um, in partnership with Borough Market um, and uh, we'll, we'll offer some life coaching, some team building and really th those first few weeks uh, what we're looking to do is just establish a relationship more than anything, break down all the barriers, um, allow people to trust us, um, to enjoy, um, there's, there's no testing, there's no um, forced elements of this, it really is just building a relationship. Um, and by breaking down all of those barriers, we will know um, what the issues that have led that individual to be in the situation they're in. Um, we'll know if there are still factors which could um, influence them and therefore might uh, make them unsuitable um, for working full-time or for being in a, a stressed and pressured environment. Um, We'll then carry on with a, uh, a full-time full course for a month, um, offering full-time work experience, employment skills and hospitality um, experience in general. Um, the apprenticeship follows on from there, so we'll only take people who are, we really think are ready for work and um, have removed all of the influences in their life which might stop them completing an apprenticeship. It's almost worse to start someone and give them hope of a full-time job um, and then actually something that is beyond everyone's control then stops them a few months later and the fall that that would create is, is much worse than them not actually starting the apprenticeship at all. So generally we tend to have about 10 people start every six months on a full-time work experience apprenticeship. Um, from there, it's actually pretty uh, routine and basic. They'll do 40 hours a week in brigades, bar and bistro. Um, that first six months, they will do uh, six weeks in every section uh, in the kitchen, um, led by the, uh, the chefs at brigades. So every day they will be learning. Uh, we'll also give them experiences. Maybe once every two weeks, we'll take them to some other sort of culinary um, experience such as uh, operating a street food store, uh, private dining in a exclusive um, place, organising canapes for a cocktail party. We'll do one inspirational visit a month as well so we'll take them to maybe a really high uh, a busy restaurant or a, a large hotel just so that they can see all different types of uh, employment opportunities uh, and we'll, we'll invite in uh, suppliers and uh, educational institutions to give an inspirational workshop uh, such as bread making, um, meat, fish um, or well really we're just trying to broaden and widen their experiences as much as yeah. possible. Uh, after six months um, at that point uh, we then uh, we'll send them out to uh, other restaurants and institutions ac across London. Uh, really that's the point where they are, um, they're, they're still studying, um, mm -hmm. but they are starting to really stand up on their own two feet. Um, and they go out into a new workplace on their own. Uh, we'll st we're still there in the background to support them, but um, really they're going onto a full-time contract and 
although they finish their studies over the next six months, um, with our support in the background, they're really that is them in in their career as a chef has really kicked off, uh, and we hope that um, after six months they will qualify, mm-hmm. um, and that's them set up and um, with a prosperous future in hospitality ahead of them. So that's a nice little thing you're doing um, with Beyond Food then, getting as many people off the street. What's what's next for um, for Beyond Food then? So you kind of have what you're doing now. So what you, what you do you have any plans to kind of increase how many people you get off the street or to improve how you currently set up now? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we only very recently have just piloted a, uh, a front of house hospitality course. Um, so rather than a full year long apprenticeship. Um, we're tri- we've trialled a four-week-long um, hospitality course in partnership with Hospitality Guild. Um, the students, we've, we've had 12 students. They did a two-week um, City and Guild's Level 1 introduc- Introduction to Hospitality Certificate up at Hospitality House. Um, and then for the last two weeks, um, actually they finished tomorrow, uh, they have been working at brigades um, and they've been shadowing the, the the brigade front of house staff. They've been working behind the bar, uh, in the restaurant waiting on. They've been um, baristering away um, and really, really every, every opportunity that we've had to train them up um, is just just basically to uh, to get them ready now and uh, they yesterday they all had interviews with um, various hospitality providers and we hope that um, the majority of them will go into uh, full-time work within the next few weeks. Um, For Beyond Food uh, we were also acutely aware that there is a an acute shortage of hospitality workers um, mainly in London but actually across the UK uh, and we're also aware that we found a viable and actually pretty low-cost solution um, which could just match up to that. Um, so almost the pressure is on us to, uh, to expand and to actually work out how we can take this solution um, and replicate it across London, across the UK and uh, really make our, make our impact as a charity. Sounds like a good plan ahead. Um, I've attended one of your supper clubs before. Is that all done, um, cooked and hosted by, I know it's hosted by you, but the chefs in the background, are they all um, people that you've brought in or are they actual professional chefs? Is it a mixture of both? So the supper clubs were something that we introduced um, this year uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, The main one is we're a small charity. Uh, Our funding is by no means um, guaranteed and we have no um, no real uh, ability to long-term plan, much like any other charity. So every, every year we, we, we form a budget and we look at um, various sources of funding. The Supper Club idea itself um, just ticked every, every box for us because as well as being a fundraising initiative, um, it allowed us to give our apprentices a, an experience in a kitchen where they could uh, train up um, sorry, where, where, where they could experience a different sort of event, so a set menu for up to 55 guests. Um, but really, we, we bring in um, someone to head up that night, so a guest chef. 
and we've been incredibly lucky, lucky with the, guests, the chefs we've had so far. We've had um, people like Etch Foods, um, who won MasterChef Professionals in 2013. Um, we have recent, we've also had Oleg and Tommy from the Diamond Club, Raymond Blanc's restaurant in um, Arsenal Stadium. Um, and many, many more planned for the future. It's certainly something that's worked really well for us. I would re- I'd like to recommend to anyone who's listening that you should attend the next Supper Club. When's the next one? Website. <laughs> Have a look at the website because that's all the details. Um, but also check out Beyond Food. Greg's given us a, a nice insight of what they do. Um, but they are a nice little bunch. Um, what they do is a good course. So please go and check them out. Um, so Greg, um, so what we're going to do now, we're going to move on to how you guys, um, technology-wise, because obviously we're a technology company, we have to bring that in, of course. Um, so we we moved you to the cloud um, of a few months ago. Um, tell us what life was like before the cloud. What was you? What system were you using? Who were you with? Um, yeah. So um, I arrived at the charity in January of this year. Um, I, I'll briefly say that I, w- I worked at a, pr- a charity previously and um, so I'd seen a number of uh, systems that small charities used. When I arrived at Beyond Food Foundations we were with uh, Systems IT, a, a cloud-based provider um, which was actually uh, pretty expensive for a small charity. Um, the thing that raised uh, some concerns for me that we seemed to be paying um, commercial rates um, and as a charity I, I, I knew that there were opportunities I, I, I knew that there were um, certain types of uh, support and software available to us for free and that seemed to um, not only had it been taken up by um, the charity in the past but nobody um, seemed to be informing us of that um, so f- from the start although our previous system was workable um, I was just a bit worried that no one was actually looking at us as a charity and really uh, helping us to work out, you know, and helping us to save money ourselves. Yeah. Um, so you say that Systems IT was a cloud platform. Um, would, have you been exposed to cloud pl- um, platforms before, or is this your first time actually being on a cloud system? Um, for Beyond Food, um, this was, yeah, that was the first. Um, and we'd actually been the contract that we were in we'd been in for about four or five years and quite tellingly um, most of the other um, companies within our building uh, were on the same provider um, which to me to me said actually probably no one's really looked at us as a individual entity yeah um, I'd previously been at another small charity um, and they had used the uh, the standard um, cloud um, option, which is Dropbox, mm-hmm. um, which is very, very all, all good and well for what Dropbox is supposed to do. Um, but the problems that you get that most charities, you've got all these users logging on using the same password, syncing to their computers, which then accidentally sync all of their home photos up to the charity's um, supposed secure cloud. Yeah. Um, passwords, spreadsheets everywhere. Um, so sounds a bit crazy. <laughs> crazy but typical, and it's it's <laughs> totally understandable. Uh, and so so many charities are still in this position now. 
um, but but there is you know it, it is quite a big step um, and it can be quite daunting to um, change a system. So you mentioned before that um, with systems IT um, it was workable. Um, how did you face many problems with them or was their, their sort of cloud system, was it um, easy to, to use? How many problems did you face? And when you did face them, were you able to deal with those problems yourself or did you have to rely on external support? Um, well, we certainly um, did, part of our contract was external support, which was uh, always relatively uh, quick and helpful. Um, the real issues um, that we had were just that uh, the cost of the contract was aimed at um, much larger commercial companies and it was zapping quite a lot of our, our budget really on, on IT issues that uh, coming in I knew that I could probably take on most of those uh, myself. So when you were looking, so obviously the budget, um, the, f the cost of running with Systems IT was the main um, factor, um, what then um, how did you learn about, obviously we were in touch with you guys, how did, how did you know about other cloud systems um, that you were considering going to or um, was when you said you were looking yourself, did, was obviously you were talking to us and we were helping you guide the two, the two main ones which were Google and Microsoft, did you know about any others or was that the kind of um, info and the kind of help that you kind of needed to, to help consider moving to another cloud system? Um, well. Yes, really. I, I, I can't think of any more systems that I knew of apart from those two. Um, I think initially um, I'd, I'd sort of emailed a few other um, charities and said, what are you using, How, how's it going? Um, and, um, but, you know, what really should I, is there anyone that I can talk to? Um, and that, that's kind of what led us to, to meet you, really. And when, when working with us, um, how, I don't, I don't want to kind of like make this more about working with us, obviously, um, but in, in hindsight, how, what did, how well did we kind of understand what you needed and how well did we pick the right system for you? Because obviously we, we had two systems recommended um, to you. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe, so, if we, we can almost timeline the problem. So I arrived in, uh, in January, um, very quickly realised that um, we, were, we had a working IT system which was costing us far more than it should. Mm -hmm. um, and I started to uh, look around. And then we were, we were introduced to you by um, Second Chance, um, who had recently um, used your services. Um, so, so you guys came over to meet us, and uh, uh, basically, my non-IT background, um, I uh, despairingly uh, talked you through, you know, what we do as a charity, what um, IT infrastructure we have, we need, ideally, um, and also, most importantly, the uh, our, our staff and the the IT training and abilities of the people who are going to use the system. Uh, it was a pretty quick process from there. We, we very quickly established that um, you, you could, you were ideally suited to, to help us through the process. Um, the, the cost, um, 
it, it was never even a, a, a question for me that we should be spending it. Our, our, we've gone down by about 90%. We've reduced our costs by about 90, 90% for IT. Um, arguably, that I can't say that that will be true for everybody who makes the switch, <laughs> uh, but we were paying a lot more than we should. Um, silly little things. Google, um, and I guess probably most clouds, are free for charities and not-for-profits. Um, you should not be paying, or you don't need to pay. Um, IT support, you do not need to pay for um, a full contracted support. You can pay for experts to come in and, and do it hour by hour. Um, you know, however, there are various options for doing that. Um, software is massively discounted for charities. Um, that, that was the thing, the, probably that was the, the showstopper for me with our last provider, that we were being charged full price software um, because nobody had just taken a few minutes to Google the issue and find out that you can get discounted software. So I knew that nobody was looking at us and saying, right, here's a charity, what's best for them? Um, you know, and you'd come in and done that from the start. Um, in terms of the support that we got, um, you, you guys were always answering my questions, um, always sending a number of options. We, we you know, they, of course we weren't coerced into anything. Um, our nation potential was set up to help, not to, to sell. Um, you know, there's, there's no denying that. Um, and it's been a phenomenal for us. I'm, I'm glad that we, we helped make a huge impact um, towards that. Um, based back on, let's track back a bit um, to when we um, first held those meetings with you. Um, how was it talking to your staff um, with the potential of moving from one cloud system to another? Were there any fears, any doubts? Was anyone kind of against it? I think, I mean, it, it, much as with any single system process change in any organization, um, you tend to get um, a full range of uh, reactions. Um, I, I mean, it wasn't too difficult. The, the concept, um, we, we all, as a, a, the staff of a charity, could, could see that um, there was a certainly a financial gain to be made. Um, the, the difficulty, um, as always, is um, the change in technology and the fact that cloud is a great buzzword, but you can't visualize it. Um, and the, if, if you can, uh, the, the way that we did that is you, you can, um, because these technologies are so great, replicate the old ways of doing things. So you can download clouds to your desktop and therefore the files that you need will always be on your desktop. That's, that, that's how to really um, work with those who are worried about mm the new way of doing things for any but for any change in life you know once you've gone through about two or three weeks it becomes natural it yeah. becomes muscle memory so <laughs> almost uh, to, to some extent there just comes a time where you just make the change um, yes people will complain immediately a month later people will be happier when yeah. they've discovered there will always be problems with new systems as well um, we had various issues the, the issues that affected us ongoing throughout were sort of our internet provider which also turned out to be um, substandard so once we'd solved the speed of the internet then actually yeah cloud working we we're off to uh, 
we were hit the ground running with that. Sounds good. Um, so obviously, um, I don't want to kind of repeat the question, um, but I know I understand that um, when you say people do have their doubts, and some people will kind of like with it, some against it. Um, when we we kind of offer um, training and support. Did that benefit your team? Did that kind of, um, the people who kind of had doubts, did that kind of, after training, did it kind of make them actually go from doubts to being with the idea? Or was it still the actual idea of just being somewhere different? Or did it kind of help? Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely helped. I think with any, you know, with any change, then you, you can do everything in the world to make something easier. So therefore training, um, and uh, almost reassurance mm -hmm. um, helps. There will uh, your aim to get through any period of change is to reduce the uncertainty um, and to allay all of those fears. Uh, ultimately, there will always be uncertainty and fears. Um, but yes, absolutely, the the training and really the uh, the the understanding um, that there are always going to be um, issues with changing systems yeah. and going from the comfortable to the uncomfortable um, and you guys were totally aware of that um, start to finish cool um, so let's let's go from we've obviously discussed what it was like before what it was like in the change now that you've actually changed I know you said that your cost have reduced in your IT budget um, how how is life now under a new system? Obviously, everyone's had time now to adjust to it. It's been it's been quite some time. Um, but how how is it now? Like, what's what's good about it and what's bad about it? Um, so, it's I mean it, I, ca I can't turn around and say life is perfect. Um, this we still have a few issues. I think really maybe I should list the um, kind of what used to be. Um, dramas and um, where we stand with those now. So in terms of the uh, IT support from outside the organisation, um, since I think we finished our migration back in uh, April, May time, um, I've not had to call on any external IT support once in that time. We've been able to manage everything um, within our team. Um, the internal communications um, across the organisation are better um, and we arguably some of that is cloud influence, some of it isn't um, but ultimately um, we are an organisation that talks to each other not only in person but um, online most of our documents, well all of our documents now are shared, yeah. accessed and uh, updated across the board. There is, there's no way that that was happening um, before we moved to this cloud um, and uh, what are the problems that we still have there are still um, members of staff who don't really engage in uh, IT continuously and therefore um, you know we, we still have to support but actually that's never really been a problem there are people me myself included who um, will always not be huge, huge fans of uh, <laughs> complicated uh, and, and not uh, back-end and front-end, all these concepts that just um, <laughs> we, I, I, I can't get hold of. 
Um, but do you know what? Um, as an organisation, we're, we're working better and we hardly, hardly ever hear grumbles about IT. Everything else, lots of uh, grumbles, <laughs> but IT, it just hasn't been one of them, so, so I'm, I'm happy. That's good, that's good. Um, so let's, let's just um, finish it with a, a nice little question. What would you, if you were to talk to every other charity out there, what would be your recommendation for those who have not moved to the cloud and those who are kind of scared of the cloud? Um, what, what would your advice be to them um, now that you've made that transition? Yeah, yeah, I mean, simple um, preliminary advice is, um, because I know that there are a lot of organizations, is um, come and speak to one of us um, that have already made that jump. Um, come and see it. Um, once you see it, then it becomes a lot less daunting. Um, this is not some sort of high-tech um, in innovation that only Canary Wharf companies can deal with. They genuinely are um, cheap and maintainable for small, under and underfunded charities or charities that struggle to get by. It's easier. Um, this is, it is the same systems that are available if you just have a, a Gmail address or anything like that. So you can sit there and see it, but do come and see how a, a small charity uses it effectively. Um, and uh, I, I don't think I need to make any more um, argument for the costs. Uh, there, there just isn't a cost anymore. <laughs> so it's, it's great. Uh, well, thank you for your um, your interview today, Greg. Um, your, everything you said has been really beneficial, and I hope that whoever's listening today um, can take something from this. And if not, um, come into us to to find out how about things or move into the cloud. At least get yourself there, because without us or with us, the cloud will benefit you. Um, and it will help you in your organization um, so we're going to end it here um, so again thanks Greg for coming out um, and yeah um, make sure you um, subscribe uh, to our SoundCloud to our newsletter um, channel and to our YouTube channel um, where we're going to start making new videos um, about tutorials and moving to the cloud and stuff um, so yeah thank you guys for listening you good Jason? <laughs>